Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my name is Stuart Miles and welcome to the Pocket Podcast. It's the start of a new year. Happy New Year to you all. And the start of a new decade. Gone is the decade where we saw the launch of innovations like the Apple iPad, Amazon Alexa, Chromebooks, the Xbox One, and plenty of other things that we now use and take for granted. 2020 and the 20s ahead of us promised to deliver further innovations in 5G, AI, autonomous cars, and even augmented reality glasses as the way we use tech constantly changes and pushes us to adapt the way we live. While it would have almost seemed impossible to predict in 2010 that last year your car would be sending you notifications that it's updating itself or that Facebook would have been launching a video calling frame to talk to your grandma That's the world that we live in now. But rather than speculate about what we'll be doing in 2030, which seems way too far away, we've decided to focus on the next 12 months for the time being and try to predict what the likes of Apple, Google, Amazon, Microsoft and Facebook will be doing in 2020. And to do that, I'm joined by Apocalypse members Dan Grabham and Chris Hall. And to get the ball rolling straight away, I'm going to ask you, Chris, what you think Google's next big product of the year will be well i think the biggest thing that we're going to see from google is ai and we've already seen a lot of ai but there's no way of avoiding this everything about google is about data and ai is the thing that is pulling all of google together whether that's going into their home products or their phones or those amazing cameras that they're putting into their phones AI is sitting at the core of it. So to think that Google's going to be doing anything other than focusing really hard on AI, I think would be a little bit misleading. So rather than looking forward to an amazing phone launch in 2020, which we'll probably see, I think it's really going to be about how it's using all of the data that it's constantly consuming to make your lives and your experiences better. Do we think they're going to do more standard Google Home devices? Because obviously they haven't done um, sort of a new standard google home for a couple of years yeah i think that's probably going to be one of the devices that they will slip out because the original google home launched and then it's kind of been neglected they've gone smaller and updated that and they've gone larger but they seem to be focusing on the displays recently and one of the things that differentiates google from some of the other um, other big tech companies is it likes to build these platforms and it likes to do all of the software work and then get other people to build all the hardware for it and you know do all of the other things. So whether you're talking about Android or Google Assistant, it's getting other partners to build the hardware and, and that's how Google is getting into your, into your home space. So I think, yes, they'll probably do a mid-range speaker to compete with the Amazon Echo. So that's one of the device launches we should probably expect, but very much it's still going to be leaning on uh, the AI experience of Google Assistant to drive it all along. I was going to say, that's probably when you talk about AI from a general perspective to to people that see this terminology appear everywhere, are, are you kind of, are you talking about more intelligent ways of doing things like you said about, you know, editing our photos or making them better? Or are you talking, do you think that Google Assistant is going to be like just in not only in everything, but just at the forefront of everything? 
Well, you can kind of see that Google Assistant is the entry point. You know, it's friendly. You can talk to it. You can type to access it. You know, whether you're using a display or just using it via a speaker, it's Google Assistant is the interface that you use. And behind that, there's all of the data that's been crunched and processed. And I mean, we all rely on Google all the time for our searching. And it's very good at bringing up the results that you find or, or the results that you want. And, you know, increasingly accurate and very good at doing that. And that experience is being reflected in other areas of its devices and services, and 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 that's all the uh, that's just the way that these things seem to be coming together. It's the uh, this assimilation of data and the ability to interpret that data to return a result to you, no matter how you're interfacing with Google. Now, one of the things that is one of the companies that are also focusing very heavily on an assistant, Dan, is Amazon. I was reading just recently that. Amazon now have over 10,000 people working on the Alexa uh, product as a, as, a, as a whole, as a division. What do, what do you think they've got planned for 2020 as far as products go? I think they're just keen to get Alexa in as many devices as possible. That's been their sort of strategy for the last couple of years, and I, I can't see that stopping anytime soon. We've seen, we, we saw them diversify as well into a couple of new product areas. They have the smart glasses, which were a limited quantity thing that they talked about in September. And they've also got um, the Echo Buds, which are which are the sort of personal assistant um, uh, headphones, in-ear headphones. But they um, and they've only just gone on sale. But they uh, they're they're fairly sort of rudimentary in what they do. Um, so I think they'll probably do a second version of those certainly. But I think their focus is, is very much on on partner relationships and getting getting Alexa in, in, in as many other devices as possible. I mean, they, we we've seen that with their kind of move on to windows as well they've got because cortana hasn't been very successful microsoft on windows um microsoft are now sort of pushing alexa on the desktop as well um so there's there's there, there, there's sort of a, an effort to to move alexa into new areas but i think also we'll probably see some quirkier devices you know we saw the microwave a couple of years ago we'll probably see some absolutely crackers ways that alexa will be in other things as well so dan how do you think Amazon can really fend off uh, the Google Assistant threat because obviously Alexa and Google Assistant are going toe to toe in so many different areas. What can they do to uh, uh, to get a boost? I don't know whether they can fend it off long term, actually, uh, because the, you know Google knows so much about us, everything about us. Amazon, Amazon obviously knows quite a lot about our shopping habits, but I think Google sort of hold all that information from different areas of our lives. The way the, the way they process information, the way we they know um, about all our you know location information in, from mapping and that kind of thing. I think Google Assistant longer term is is actually probably going to win out. However. Um, that said, you know, Amazon, you know, clearly wants to uh, push Alexa as far as possible. We, we talked already about the number of people they've got working on it. Um, and I think, you know, they're, they're, they're very strong, very strong assistant. And obviously, um, you know, I think people are, 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 do, are probably doing either or at the moment. But there's no reason why in the future they might not have, you know, use Google Assistant on their phones and and Alexa at home or whatever. It's not necessarily a, um, you know, they could they can coexist. Um, but what about what about Apple, Stuart? What about Siri? Have Apple got anything coming in that line? You see, I think this is one of the interesting things where you've got you've got Amazon and Google really pushing down hard on the personal assistants, and Apple in recent years has kind of taken the boil off of of siri you haven't really heard much about it in in 2019 
And I, I'm not sure whether 2020 is that that's going to change, to be honest. I think they're still very much focused at the moment on their hardware. So we're going to from, you know, we'll obviously see the usual updates and cycles that we'd seen previously. I suspect the two big ones for me that are going to be the most exciting are probably uh, an iPhone, the iPhone 12 going to 5G. That's Although that's still early doors, it's it's kind of a given that they should be moving to that point. 5G networks around the world will have pretty much matured by then, not necessarily to a point where we all want to use it, but will have certainly gone through the first year of teething problems. And I think they'll start to try and roll out as many of the new keyboards as they can to as many Mac, Book Pro and Air and, and, and ranges that they can there because... The, you know they launched the the new keyboard on the MacBook Pro 16 inch at the end of last year, and that seems to have quite a lot of success in terms of uh, the critics loving the return to that. So I think they'll try and push that out that hard on that side of things as well. But from a, a software perspective, I think there'll be business as usual. But I can't see there being much talk about Siri in the same way that Alexa and and Google are doing at the moment. But HomePod, I guess they'll they'll do something there well you'd hope they would anyway well it's been a couple of years since the since that was refreshed i mean there's you know they've they've obviously i think you'll see continued success of the airpods they've done incredibly well for apple uh in the last year um you know people some commentators believing they're doing performing better than the original ipod and that was obviously a you know a, com- a complete home dunk uh, slam dunk from from them on that point of view I think, you know, you'll see what's interesting here to me is, and maybe you can clarify this, Dan, is is you'll see with Apple going more against Microsoft in terms of trying to win that iPad mobile worker, you know, that tablet space while Amazon and and Google and, and Facebook to a point will be sort of trying to control the data elements of it all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really going to be a really interesting year for Microsoft because, um, you know, they've got uh, Surface Neo and Duo coming out, um, which run Windows 10X, which is sort of a modular new version of Windows um, and Android, respectively. And that's, you know, that's that, that's quite a big play from them. We just don't know how that's going to go because these are completely new devices. We don't know a huge amount about the devices. Um, and, you know, well, all the time, well, um, Apple are trying to reinforce the iPad Pro as a as a as a laptop replacement, essentially a, a Surface a surface rival and uh you know with 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 microsoft play we we, it's it's very much um be going beyond that traditional heartland of of windows it's sort of that you know they've even come out and said that windows isn't so important anymore you know they want to develop apps for other other operating systems and and be that sort of overarching software company again i think also for microsoft this year obviously huge is going to be the xbox um series x launch um you know we're talking twice the 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 graphics prowess of um the xbox one x um and you know that's that's obviously going to be a a large launch at the end of the year um i think also for them in terms of the operating uh, operating system side of things um you know, with Windows, with Windows 10 on the desktop, they keep on sort of doing iterative updates, but not nothing, nothing that major. So it's kind of almost a make or break next step for them to go um, with the, 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 the Windows 10X operating system for, for, for the um, for the Surface Duo. And I think that's that's really kind of going to be where Windows pushes forward in the future. I think it's really interesting the way that with all of these companies, we're talking about software services on one side and the hardware offering on the other side. 
And we've seen Apple make that huge transition trying to build up its services um, and just to try and bolster the hardware side of thing. But everyone sees Apple as a hardware company to think iPhone, iPad, Mac, whereas Google is sort of very much on the services side. And although it's not pushing sort of TV and things like that as hard as it perhaps could be, um, we've, st- we've still got this interesting situation where people are trying to build up other sides to their business. And, and that seems to be, to me, what Microsoft has been doing fairly successfully. I mean, they've struggled with hardware in a number of areas in the past. Surface seems to be much more of a success. And having basically abandoned Windows Phone and Windows Mobile, we now have a situation where we're moving closer to a Surface phone, which people had always talked about and asked for. And now it looks like we're almost going to get it. Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely true. I think, you know, we, we're although they don't like to talk about it as a phone, um, you know, the, the, the duo is a phone. It's it's you know that that is what it is. Um, you know, we we even saw in the in the the video clip um, promoting it that actually you know that that you could make calls on it as a fairly fundamental part of its sort of feature set. So, I think very much that that is that that's what they want to do and. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how they can compete with, obviously, the established players. Now, that kind of brings us quite nicely into the sort of the big challenges that these companies are going to be facing. Um, you know, Chris, how do you let's let's go back to Google. How, how do you see them, them? What are going to be the big challenges for them this year? Well, I think that we can put, put a big umbrella of privacy and that's going to cover a lot of people. Apple are obviously trying to own this area, but Google, Amazon and Facebook they're the people who are really in the focus as to data privacy, all this data they're gathering, who's processing it, who gets access to it, where is it going, what's it going to be used for? These questions have been around through all of the last couple of years. And I think that in 2020, that's just going to continue as they try to increase the services that they offer from data-based products. We're going to see more people saying, how are you getting access to this information? You know, How can I opt out of providing this information to you? Do I really trust you enough? to do these things. And Google seems to sit on the side where people do tend to trust Google, as opposed to Facebook, where people are very critical a lot of the time about data practices within Facebook. So I think the real the real challenge for for three of the companies that we're talking about is definitely going to be privacy. And I think more so with Amazon at the moment, with the this sort of the tail end of 2019 was dominated by the sort of ring hacks and and all those kind of things which obviously is now an amazon company that kind of you know we're seeing that within smart home you know more and more of our uh, you know the, all the cameras that everybody's bought the doorbells the lights the wi-fi you know all these things it's it's kind of going to be pushed even f- foremost in, into their minds yeah and there's there's a lot of, of things to to sort of say about that because there are so many different points where things can fail now because you have so many different devices but there are basic things that people need to make sure that they're doing, which is using unique passwords so that if there's a hack in one area, then they can't use that to access anything else that you've got. And using other things like two-factor authentication. And there should be a real push for services to make sure that those things are put in place for the customers, for these devices to make everything more secure. I think people are going to increasingly join the dots as well. At the moment there, you know, they've got their ring doorbell and they you know that's got their camera onto the street they've got their alexa device they work together but they're not necessarily seeing what amazon is gathering in terms of the 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 huge amount of data they're giving them as that becomes more evident through various privacy issues or whatever over the next few next 
few months, years, whatever, um, I think people are going to be increasingly wary of what devices they're buying to fit into their ecosystem and um, what sort of other products they're using, basically. And that, I suppose, could give companies like Amazon or Google a foothold more so in our lives, because if you're trusting them to be able to, you know, look after one bit of data, if you if you say, right, I'm going to give Amazon con- con- complete control of my home, you know, through Alexa and through Ring and through cameras and, and all the other services they offer, then that's going to be very hard over the next decade for other companies to sort of be able to get in to make a difference with that, because you kind of, in the same way that you know, I think one of the things we'll see from Apple over the next 12 months and beyond is this idea that they're tying you into the ecosystem. So it makes it you might not necessarily want to keep the iPhone, but it actually then makes it quite hard for you to get rid of because you've also got your headphones, you've also got your, you know, your watch, you've got some, you know, maybe a a tracking tag, you've got, you know, a pair of glasses, all the, all these, and then you've got your, your subscription services and stuff. And so you come to it and you think, okay, I'm going to change my phone. And then, and then suddenly you think, oh, you know, if I do that, I think it'll change all of this, and it just becomes becomes a lot harder. Apple does does that so well, and you know, Microsoft don't don't do that very well across all their services and all their products. Um, whereas I think Amazon increasingly are getting there. Google do do that very well across. You know, with your Google account, everything is gathered together. Um, and, but I think you know that that is that's kind of that next play that we've been talking about for a while, but. Um, only Apple, I think, have really nailed it in terms of how everything works together, but so seamlessly. Yeah, and I also think that that's one of the things that they're very good at talking about, which other companies don't. If you take Google, for example, they they do love to gather everything together. And there is a lot of you know seamless interplay between Google accounts and other areas of your account. But they also provide access to all of the services across a wide range of platforms. So if you're an Android user and you decided that you wanted to use Google Photos and you like Google Assistant, you can just pick up that experience and you can transport that to another device really, really easily. And that could include the iPhone. Whereas from Apple's point of view, their services aren't available on other platforms. So if you're deeply embedded with lots of lots of different Apple services, or if you're using like FaceTime or, or iMessage or something like that, you're not going to be able to get access to those on another platform. Whereas Google Duo, you can get on the iPhone. So... You know, some Apple has a much stronger ecosystem play. You know, they have a a wall, if you like, that will help them retain those people because, you know, players like Microsoft and Amazon and Google and Facebook as well, they all want to be on as many devices as possible. And so talking of many devices as possible, what do you think the the new opportunities are going to be this year? Products that we don't, might not necessarily, you know, it's a given that we're expecting to see a new Apple iPhone. It's a given we're expected to see a new range of Alexa Echo devices towards the end of the year. And probably from Facebook, another couple of security breaches <laughs> along the way. Um, well, you know, <laughs> it just seems every week there's one. So... From, from a new opportunities perspective, Dan, what do you see? Where do you see Amazon, for example? Do you, we seeing? Do we think we're going to see anything new that we haven't previously seen before? I think we. I, I think we'll, we'll see sort of second generation devices of 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 things that we've 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 had before. Um, like I was saying about the buds before, but also I think we will see. Uh, you know, we 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 talked about smart glasses. We we're going to get some from Facebook. We think as well. Um, and, you know, there's continual rumours that we're going to get some from Apple, aren't there, as well? Mm. And I think 
you know, there's 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 definitely a, a play there for somebody. I'm not, you know, I, you know, it, it's really difficult to see the market for it, given the the sort of fairly um, uh, muted response to to AR and VR headsets. But I mean, that's you know, it's definitely there's there's definitely something there in terms of um, uh, commercial uses. We saw we saw a bit with Google Glass. Um, the, well, I mean, yeah. Microsoft and uh, you know, I, I played with Hololens two last year when that launched at MWC in February, and you know, talking to them there, it seemed they were you know the potential for that across the decade, the next decade is going to be fantastic. But you know, they were very confident themselves to say, look, this is not a consumer product in any way, shape, or form for a very long time. So you know, it's it's fascinating that you then see the likes of Apple, you know, supposedly coming out with a pair of AR glasses, which fits in nicely with that accessory ecosystem that I was talking about a moment ago. But, you know, personally, I think that that's probably still a little bit too early, even for this year. Um, I think you'll start to, you know, see continual buildup of AR experiences so that when it does come out, you think, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, I'm not sure whether I'm ready to put a pair of glasses on my on my face to be a come you know, to say, hey, look, I'm even, this is how much of an Apple user I am. It's even on my face. I think that's part of the uh, part of the big problem that people face with AR and VR. And for me, this tracks all the way back to when they reinvented 3D in TVs, and that was probably ten years ago. And everybody said, "Yeah, 3D is definitely great." And we were like, "Didn't you do this in the 1950s?" And didn't people go off it because they didn't really like the experience? And then TV tried to reinvent that, and they did. And then everyone, and now you know, there is very little 3D support in any of the TVs that are being sold at the moment. And then we had started to have the rise of the uh, VR headset that's just been through lots of iterations and PSVR and things like that, where people are saying, oh, yeah, we've got these amazing experiences. And they haven't really been runaway hits. And again, I think that's because people just aren't ready to dive into a completely isolated world. They prefer to do their gaming on their on their phone or on the console, on the big TV you know where they are still aware of everything around them, and I suspect that the drive towards AR, AR that we're seeing, with you know, we've seen lots of demos with people on stage holding up phones or iPads or other tablets, looking at models being built and playing games together, and you just think that's not something that we actually do. That doesn't, you know, it doesn't actually fit into a world that exists at the moment. So, I do have doubts about it. I'm ready to be proved wrong, um, but yeah. I, I just don't, can't see that, that these glasses are going to work. I mean, that's one of Facebook's big gambles, isn't it, I suppose, in that sense of, you know, it's obviously got it's bought Oculus. There's a big push there. I think it probably sees it as a new social approach. Is Microsoft, Amazon, do you think they'll they'll start, start playing with this kind of stuff, Dan? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I'm... I, I kind of um, I'm sort of the same as Chris, really. I sort of um, I I can't really see it being used that much in the consumer space, but I mean certainly from a, a professional point of view, uh, medical professions, that kind of thing, where you where you need your hands to do other other stuff other than playing with a device, um, uh, where you can still receive information in front of your face, uh, you know, in a headset. I think that is absolutely where the the opportunity for these kind of devices is. Um, and you know, Facebook does want to take Oculus into that field, so we do know that that is that that's going you know, to where they sort of see opportunity. And as we know, Microsoft, um, as you were saying with Hololens, I mean, it, it, it very much 
um, you know, this is a, this is not a consumer product. So I think, yeah, definitely that's, that, that's the kind of, that's the kind of angle on it. Um, and not, you know, in terms of, in terms of our interaction in de- with devices, yes, it will be very much sort of holding up devices and, and seeing translations and that kind of thing that we have talked about for quite a while, but is sort of only just sort of coming to being really. Now, something I think that is going to happen from Apple that is not as exciting as AR in terms of a technological advance is this idea of them launching a tile competitor. So the kind of concept of uh, a, what I think rumored to be called Apple Tag, which is you know a small accessory that you apply to your keys, you know, a key ring, or you put in your bag, or things like that, and then you can then you can track it down. And I think we started to see this technology appear without us realizing the new uh, iphone 11 11 pro for example has a, a chip that allows you to uh, to sort of an enhanced version of airdrop so you can see you can actually see it on a compass where 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 you're airdropping the product to if the other person has a ui chip and you could you know for me that feels like you put that in a key ring and all of a sudden you can find your keys around the house by kind of hunting it down as always with these things, Apple will then turn around and say, oh, it's 50 quid, one of these, you can buy them in packs of 10, that's another 500 pounds, and it will just, you know, and it ties you into that accessory ecosystem, and off off you go, and suddenly it's a, you know, a couple of billion dollar business. Um, I, Chris, I know you follow Tile quite closely, do you, do you think that's a, a, a thing? It seems like it's an opportunity that is there, because at the moment, and there are Bluetooth trackers from a number of different companies. Tile is by far the largest, and their market share is something like 96% or something like that. Um, there is definitely an advantage here, and it would definitely be something that Apple or Google should go for, because the key component in all of these things is the smartphone in your pocket, because that is by far the most plentiful device that's going to be out there to do the hunting. And the thing to remember about these things is you can put a small tag, say you put a small sticker on your laptop, you leave your laptop in a coffee shop because, you know, you have lost track of it, lost track of time because you've had far too much coffee. And then you're, you will be out of range of it, but you're dependent on other users of that platform to detect that in the background and feed a notification back to you so you know where it is. The advantage of using uh, Apple as the platform is that you can then make every single iPhone in the world able to detect these things and pass that information anonymously back to the person who's lost it. Google could do exactly the same thing because there's a lot lot of Android users around there. And, And that's where somebody like Tile would start to suffer because although Tile's system is very good, it's dependent upon having Tile users installing the app and they are the people roaming around trying to locate those lost devices. So, yeah, there's an opportunity to do it as we all carry around more and more expensive bits of kit. Um, yeah, it, it's it's certainly a market that could be disrupted quite easily. But also Apple has that, uh, you know, already has a very successful Find My iPhone feature already built in. So it's really just a case of adding more products, you know, more devices into that mix for you to be able to find. Um are we likely to see anything from from Amazon or, or Microsoft on that on that side of thing, Dan? I think we could see something from Amazon. Definitely, um, there was there, there has been a couple of rumours around that that front, um, but I mean because they don't have the operating system element of this, um, you know they're they're a bit more limited with it. I think that's that's sort of what they're, they're well, that is what they're missing in terms of their their route to domination, if you see what I mean, um, because they don't have they just don't have that complete ecosystem um, in terms of our mobile devices. So I think that's that's a that, that's. That, that's something that they're kind of 
uh, I guess they're kind of overlaying operating systems by having the Alexa app on there and, and that that having it, its different um, capabilities. Yeah. And so we could enable it through that. That is true. Um, but I, but it, it is a bit of a, uh, they are a bit, a bit more limited. And I think that's interesting, you know, talking to um, some of the senior guys at Amazon last year, you know, they talk about Alexa as this kind of ambient operating system that's kind of, that's always there and you're cool away and it doesn't, you know, they, they envisage a future where you're just talking, you know, almost Star Trek style, you know, okay, computer, make me this, do this and what, what have you, rather than, you know, sort of having to actually move a mouse around a screen and, and, and work it from that, that respect, which is... Again, I don't necessarily think that we're there yet in 2020, but I think probably by 2030 we might be be more akin to various systems of you know using technology that we perhaps aren't aware of of now. I mean, if you think back, it's only been 13 years ago since we really started using touchscreens as you know a, a valid input mechanism for our phones. And now, if you gave me a phone that didn't have a touchscreen, you'd be like. Sorry, what? What's this? <laughs> what am I supposed to? How am I supposed to use this thing? You mean it's got keys? Yeah, very much so. I, I think you know we we there's definitely there's definitely going to be a different way of working. You know, with the, the kind of future office, the the future, um, pr- pr- you know, way of producing producing stuff um, is not going to be typing at a keyboard. Um, and the way of you know actually getting getting you know paying paying a household bill is not going to be going into a web browser. You know we we uh, Google are talking more about sort of uh, voice search and uh, you know uh, and, and and that route into things as well. So and and you know Microsoft have done various things on sort of the the, the future of Windows is not actually Windows at all. Um, so there, there's there's a there's a lot a lot there but no one has come up with a with anything other than a concept i guess that's the, that's the bottom line at the moment we're still at that stage where people you know we, we we we've even talked recently about facebook developing their own operating system for their devices um we've seen other companies like huawei developing their own operating systems we're still at that that level where people need that those 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 operating systems and they need they need to have a play there even if they are still reliant on android or or uh, any other operating system you know they still want to have their own play there and i think that's one of the one of the moves that we might see from google in that regard is is about this expanding ecosystem and obviously google has the software platform and they have these inroads into all sorts of things but one of the things they don't really have when you compare them to apple is they don't have much in the way of health. I mean, they have Google Fit and stuff like that, but they they acquired Fitbit or they're in the process of acquiring Fitbit and that gives them a completely new dimension. It suddenly gives them a sports arm. It suddenly gives Google the opportunity to move into health tracking in a way that they perhaps haven't, haven't done before. And that's uh, that, that could be something that we see in 2020, although I suspect that because of product development cycles, we won't see the hardware coming through. Perhaps there will be Fitbit integration into a future Pixel Watch or something. But what I suspect is going to be happening in the background is that Google is going to be assimilating all of that Fitbit data and suddenly saying, now I know where you are. I know what you're searching for online. I know how how far you're scrolling on your phone. I know how far you're walking. I know what your heart rate is. I know what you had for breakfast. I know everything about you. Well, health data is going to be a big, be a massive thing this decade, isn't it? Because 
we we've talked about this for quite some time but now we're actually at a stage where we have the devices that are are getting that data from our from our bodies um and you know it's it's then getting it onto the next stage where it's it's communicating with healthcare professionals or or or, or whoever to actually and obviously there's massive privacy issues here as well yeah. um to actually uh, you know, track people's health uh, and you know, ha- and ensure that people aren't aren't, aren't dying essentially by um, administering healthcare at the right times and in, in the most efficient way. And I think that that's obviously going to be a massive theme of the decade. So I think the, the final question I have for both of you is that sometimes we sit at the beginning of a year and we think. Mm. Not much is going to happen this year. It feels like it's going to be one of those kind of quiet, a fallow year where you sort of everybody uses it to catch up and, and you know, sort of fix bugs and, and things like that. Do we, at the, at the break of a new year and a break of a new decade, do we do we feel excited about about twenty twenty? Yes, absolutely. I think it's going to be a massive year for so many things. <laughs> and uh, you mentioned the iPhone 5G, and I think the rollout of 5G is going to be huge. I know we, we already know that we're going to be seeing more affordable 5G devices come in, and that's going to open up a lot of opportunities for a complete change of the mobile market space. And that's going to you know, that's going to affect gaming. It could play into some of these AR applications that we've touched on, whether that happens or not. It's going to be coming into your cars. It's going to be just changing the way that data moves around in general. And obviously, we've got a massive gaming de- gaming year, haven't we, uh, this year? It's going to be been absolutely huge um, with Xbox and, and, and PS5 as well. So it's, it's you know, it, it, it's, as, as, as well as 5G, we've got that sort of new generation of, of consoles, um, we've got, uh, you know, lot, lots of new devices like the Surface Duo and Neo that we were talking about. Um, so it's 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 a it's a big year for a lot of people, I think. I think that's true. I mean, if you'd asked me the question, the same, if I'd asked myself the same question probably six months ago, I would have gone, you know what, it's just we're in now into the decade of AI, and that just means uh, slight software updates and you know tweaks and 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 twists and turns occasionally, and you know not much here, but suddenly you know now we're in 2020 it feels that you know as you say we've got two new state-of-the-art games consoles coming we've got 5g we've got ai we've got you know autonomous cars probably within this decade we've got more you know smart home stuff there's yeah it's 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 exciting time to be in tech and i think that leads us to a perfect end to say that that's it for this week's show i hope you've enjoyed it tune in next week where we'll be coming to you live from ces and bringing all the big announcements that will kick off the year. But until then, pip pip.